Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Dennison. Today, I am joined by Paul Saunier. He is an actor living in Ogden. Sorry, I wanted to say Ogden there. <laughs> it's my first place I think when I think Utah. Right. Uh, but he's living in Utah, a little town just north of Salt Lake City. And so welcome to the show, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, so uh, first question, when I think places to go to make a living as an actor, Utah is not the first thing that comes into my head. Um, what, uh, what's the, what's the acting work like there? Look, you know, it's a funny thing. Um, a lot of people don't realize like a lot of stuff actually is shot in Utah. Um, they have this beautiful state of the art studio in Park City. Um, it's pretty, every film person probably knows Sundance, Park City. Um, but also, um, so you gotta think, touched by Angel was shot for 10 years. Uh, spinoff was shot here. Um, I don't know if people watch Disney, Andy and Mac. Uh, shot here. Yellowstone's actually shot here right now. If you can watch Yellowstone. Um, Is that still on the air? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah okay. it's about to start, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's been, uh, and numerous shows, like, you have been Westworld was out here for this past season for a few weeks shooting out here. Um, they just did a movie with um, Mark Wahlberg out here. Um, there's a new movie on Netflix called The Night Clerk with Joe and uh, Anna Day our mess, I'm correct, um, that was shot out here. I mean, they get films out here. Um, I guess, you know, most people don't look at the credits to see where things are shot. And, and people don't think like Utah, but the scenery, because I mean, especially in the wintertime, you have the snow up north and then three hours down south, it's still 80 degrees and you have the desert and the rocks and stuff. So it's actually a prime place to shoot projects out here. So if you need those kind of nice open spaces or that different weather that you can't get in California, um, and, and it's probably, I'm sure there's uh, financial incentives to, to shoot there, I would imagine. Yeah, you have, they do have a little bit of financial incentives uh, for people coming out here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like if, instead of like saying I need winter, so I got to go to Montana and then fly to Arizona, you come to Utah and you just, it's just a three hour drive. You just move your set three hours down south and you're away from the snow. So, uh, nice. What got you into acting? What, what started you? Um, so, always wanted to do it as a kid. Just kind of, I was a lot more shy as a kid. Don't think I could have handled rejection. I don't think I could have handled no, going to audition and not getting a role. I think I was like a little bit more sensitive uh, growing up. Um, so my dad actually writes, uh, he's a writer, he's produced a few projects of his own. And uh, I just made a move about almost six years ago. And, and actually a funny story is I'd always watch like Drumline, Nick Cannon and like Love Don't Cost a Thing. And I would watch my like, no, oh, that should be me. Like I could play that role. I could do that, you know? And finally, I just made a move. I was actually working for the Forest Service doing a geospatial data, like topography and stuff like that. And uh, I got a call from a friend that couldn't make it one day to be a stand-in for Common, the rapper Common, on a movie called Me and Charlie um, that Rob Reiner was directing. Hmm. And uh, they needed somebody who looked like them, so they asked if I would shave my head and shave my head. It was kind of a crazy day because they washed my clothes but the dryers weren't working. So I had damp clothing the whole day. Uh, Rob Reiner was great uh, as a director. Just check it up on me. Like, hey, are you sure you are good? I know what's going on. Are you fine? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Then. I appreciate being here. And uh, so my dad knew a guy, uh, acting coach here named Rob Diamond. So I got back into acting classes. And from then on out, it's kind of never stops. Kept training, uh, kept started booking projects in state and out of state and, and I'm, I'm where I'm at now. And that's great. And you're working full time as an actor, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Um, 
yeah, I work full time as an actor. Um, I do some stuff on the side uh, from the college out here, like simulation programs and, and events. Um, not now with everything going on, but usually events during the summer and the season. But for the most part, everything I do, everything I do, pretty much revolves around acting. You have a, do you have an, you have an agent, right? Yes, yes. So I have an agent in Utah, um, and I have an agent also in LA. Okay. It, how do they, uh, I'd love to ask this question to people that have multiple agents. Did you ever have any problems with conversation with the agents of like casting for the same role or like, does your LA agent only cast you for LA stuff? Like, let's say there's something national, like which agent right. would cast you for it? For, for the most part, it's kind of an agreement. If it comes through Utah, it's actually like starts in Utah, starts casting in Utah. It's all theirs. LA can't touch it. Um, but everything else around the world, my LA agent takes care of all that. Oh, nice. Do you go over to LA at, at these yeah, amount? Yeah, I go back and forth. Also, I have family out there, so I go back and forth visiting, checking things out still, working on making a move, but where the, where the industry is going, that might not might not have to, but definitely be nice to be in sunshine all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might not. I mean, there's so many things being shot in so many different locations. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I guess you're in kind of a nice central spot, so potentially if you get an offer for something in, you know, Atlanta or something, you're in heck of a lot closer than if you were out of LA or right and, and yeah. the way the video auditions are working especially with I mean they've always been a thing but with, with COVID-19 happening it's becoming a necessity so you know necessarily don't have to be don't have to fly out to LA to audition and then fly back but even though it's only like an hour and 20 minute flight it's not like a two hours but at the most but it's not a huge deal or 11 hour drive but now you can do everything from home auditioning wise and if you get it you get it if you don't you don't you just move on so yeah, that's nice. And there's still the cost of the flight and the drive and the time and all that. Yeah, Hotel room, if you don't have family and mm -hmm. you know, food and everything, you still got to pay. You're still forking up some money every time you're flying out there if you don't have people out there already. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is an advantage of, to the uh, that every casting now seems to be doing at least the first round uh, right. taped uh, auditions instead of in person. That's, that's, been, that's been a blessing. That's been really, really good. Cool. So I watched a couple of your trailers. And I want to ask you about Lost But Not Forgotten, because that looks really good. Was that filmed in Utah? Yes, we actually filmed that in Utah, uh, a local guy in Utah. Um, it's actually, part of it's based on a uh, true story. Uh, it's actually um, Bryn's character, that the soldier that I was talking to in the bed in that trailer, his character is based on a true story, actually a vet. He was a vet from Utah. He actually passed away. Yeah, he got murdered um, by some guys trying to buy his car. And um, so that character is based on him. Oh, wow. His story, and he, he actually added um, my story to it. To do a period piece uh, on what I would imagine is a pretty minimal budget uh, to, and to actually get it looking good. Yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing, that was all shot by college seniors. That, that, was, a, that was a group from a group of film students from UVU, University, uh, Utah Valley University. Mm -hmm. and for them to shoot it, that, it looks that great. It's, it's How did you find out about it? Were they just um, doing a casting or did you know somebody? Yeah, they were doing a casting. And I forgot, I, there used to be a website. It wasn't Utah Actors. There's another website that used to be here in Utah. Um, and I stumbled across it. Or it might have been Facebook. I stumbled across it. I actually did an audition for that, the lead role. I actually auditioned for a supporting role. And, uh, and when I walked in, I read for the supporting role. And they're like, oh, we kind of want you to read for the lead. I read for it. And they're like, we love you. Had a lot of people read for it, but we think you're our guy. Yeah, because uh, the characteristic, the breakdown of the lead guy was supposed to be like a bigger, bigger, you know, more soldier, soldier type guy, right? Um, read for it, and they and they loved me, and they offered it to me, and we it was a great set. We had uh, 
World War II reenactors actually donate the uniforms, um, the guns, the, I mean, everything, trucks. The, I mean, we had a bunch of them out there for extras and taught us, you know, exactly this is how they used to walk and they carry guns like that. That's too modern. I mean, everything. And so it was put together very well. Oh, wow. That would be fun to be on that set, though, to actually just be kind of immersed into that kind of an experience. <laughs> I don't know. It was cold. At one point in time, it was like, Paul, are you guys ready? Like, yes, I can't feel my feet, so I'm good. Like, it was, it was cold. It was in the dead, it was in the dead Utah winter. I mean, but definitely, it, it was, it was a blast. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that set nice. for the world. Being able to, my dad being military and his brother, uh, my uncle, and a few other people I know I have a lot of friends in the military. So that was kind of my way as a military brat to pay homage, also to play that role. How long was the shoot for? The yeah, act, three days. Oh, really, three days. I don't know. Three long days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks good. Do you know how much time they spent editing it? Because there's obviously gunfire going on, which they would have had to add in post to um, make that realistic. So I want to say, so we shot it November, right? Might have been 2016, actually. Might have been November 2016. And it released, I want to say, spring 2017. Okay. Yeah, were, it said 2017 on the... Yeah. yeah. So they were trying to release it for, supposedly they were releasing it for their school's film festival, mm -hmm. short film festival, but it was too long, a little over 17 minutes, which in my head, a short film is anything under like, like 48 minutes or something like that. But in there, for them, it was too long. And, and he was like, I'm sorry, guys. There's nothing, if I take anything out, it ruins the film. You know, like, I, there's nothing I could really take out. And I, and I was cool with it. I was like, I just need a coffee, bro. Yeah, like, something to show up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and let's enter it into other film festivals, like, around the world. I know there's other war film festivals, especially in Europe and around the nation. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm okay with it. And, and the cast was cool with it. Oh, they never did? No, no. We kind of kind of put on the back burner. And I, and I asked him, and he was like, yeah, you could definitely put it out. You know, kind of up to you now. I'm like, oh, oh. He's, like, probably, he's probably like, I don't want to spend the money on the festival entry fees. <laughs> yeah, because he actually has, uh, he sent me, like, he had a few more acts. I think he's almost, he almost has a complete script, a complete story. And I was like, dude, like, why don't we, we talked about it, you know, after it was done. I was like, dude, why don't we, you know, we can do like a full feature. Yeah. You know? But, you know, life happens, kids come upon, you know, back burner, you know, to get a, to get a steady job. And he sent me all to me. Were interested in some um, war films and i was like no he's like yeah you can here's all the stuff you can do if you want if you want if your dad wants to tweak it or if you have the right i was like oh man i appreciate it i don't want to ruin your i want you to still be a part of your project i don't want to take your project and change it i want you to get credit as a creator i want you to get credit as a writer i want you to be on set this is your this is still yours we talk from time to time about it and i kind of nudge him a little bit like, hey come on especially now with everything going on with Black Lives Matter around the world, and, and it's and the lead is a Buffalo Soldier of World War II, and you know this is perfect timing to, to to get it finalized and pitch it. Yeah, you know, with everything going on, with a lot of uh, a black cast, and it's telling a, a real story of what you know what's going on. Back yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a good time to tell that story. You're right. Yeah, it, I mean, especially if you're looking for funding and that kind of stuff, you might be more inclined to get it. Exactly. Mm, well, hopefully it happens because yeah, it, it looked great from the just from the trailer, anyways. Today's episode of Diary of an Unemployed Actor is brought to you by me, Milo Denison. What? 
you can't be sponsoring your own podcast. Why, yes, yes, I can sponsor my own podcast. Did you know before being an unemployed actor and podcast host, I spent 16 years working in technology for some of the largest tech companies in the world? It's true, I did. Before that, I had jobs in customer service, I worked construction, I worked retail. I basically kind of done it all. And I took some of that information and I wrote it down into a book called How to Manage Your Manager. All the credit, half the work. It's a slightly entertaining and slightly informative advice guide on how to work more effectively with your manager. We all have somebody we report to. Well, most of us do anyways. And sometimes it can be, well, let's say difficult to work for that person. Now, just take this book, give it a read, and pretty soon you will be that manager's number one rock star. So once again, it's called How to Manage Your Manager. All the credit, half the work. It's written by me. Not to brag, but it's brilliant. Find out where you can get it by going to my website, milodenison.com forward slash books. That's milodenison.com forward slash books to find out where you can get your copy. And now on to the show. Uh, how, you've been working as an actor for about how many years now then? Uh, right now it's going on six years. Next year, next January makes six years. Okay. Have you ever had a situation where you've basically said no to a project for any reason? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, I actually did one, there was one late last year uh, I turned down. Uh, and it was just for personal reasons. I ended up, you know, the role sounded good. And I started reading the script. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I, I like to think, like, if I would have accepted it, I would have been all in. If I accept the role, I'm all in on it. So I like to think that I would have just been like, oh, we're here. You signed on. And, and we were filming in Miami. So it was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, right? So <laughs> I get to go to Miami. <laughs> you're doing it. You're here. There's no turning back. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the last one. But there have been other feuds where I've had. Got the roles offered to me, um, and I ended up reading the script. You know, the sides were cool and everything. The audition went great. I got offered the role, and then I was just like reading the script. The script makes no sense. Talk to the director, or you know, like, hey, I really appreciate it. But I ended up reading the script, and I don't think this is for me. You know, wish, I hope and wish the best for your project. I'll definitely check it for it. Let me know when it's finished. I'd love to support it. And, and I tell actors a lot. I talk to a lot of actors in Utah that actually call me. I'm like, it's okay to you don't have to say yes to every project you offer. No, a one bad project can ruin, ruin or set, set your career back. And it happens, it happens with big actors, happens with small actors more so. But I was like, pick and, you're, it's okay to pick and choose your project. You worked hard to be an actor and, um, and for your talents to progress and, and be better. So like, you have a right to, to say yes or no. Yeah, that's why I asked that question, because I think it's good for people to hear that, especially for those that are starting out and they're just desperate to get work. And they just say yes to everything. And sometimes you're like, you know, maybe you shouldn't say yes to that because to your point, like, yeah, maybe the script just doesn't work. And you're like, I can't believably, you know, play this character or, right. or there's the potential of like, if you play this character, it might hurt your career in the future in some way. Somebody will see it and be like, well, you, you did this. I uh, mean, so that's kind of stuff that you have to think about with, when you're choosing a role. Yeah, yeah, I tell actors all the time. I mean, you put in the work to be as good as you are. So and sometimes it's that. Sometimes the contract doesn't look good. Sometimes they're not paying enough. Sometimes they want you to do it for free, and you're like, no, I pay for my classes and my seminars and my headshot. I deserve to. If you want me, this is my this is my fee. And if they're like, well, we can't afford to pay you, then it's okay to walk away. 
Yeah. It's also okay to work for free, just not all the time. I want to be on set every day. Like I, I, I do. But as an actor, you should want to be. But it's also to be like, ah, but my time is money and money is time. In a sense. Like, you want a career out of this. So therefore, I hear a lot of people say, I don't do it for the money. Okay, but you also want to do it as a career. So therefore, money is part of it. So you should want to get paid for your for your services as an actor. Yeah. And I mean, you still have rent, food, transportation costs associated to it. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I, I know a guy who's an actor and we were on a shoot and uh, it was basically just kind of helping a mutual friend out. So I was only there one day and he was there one day as well. And, and we were talking to the director and, and he said it perfectly. He was like, in this particular scenario, it was a short film. And he's like, you know, I don't mind coming out and helping you out. I didn't have anything going on today. So it's okay. You know, he's talking about the fact that he was just volunteering his time. But he was like, but I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to incur a cost to help you out for your film. So you still need to pay me, you know, my transportation cost and that kind of stuff. So that was nice. And, I, and, and you're right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing something for no pay, especially if maybe you want to get something for a show reel, or maybe you're just helping somebody out or what you like it, but you need to balance that with, it is a job. And, you know, if somebody wants you to, can you see posting sometimes for a feature that's filming and it's like no pay and you're like you want me to act in your feature film but you're not going to pay me for it like that's a lot of time yeah and no pay independent feature so i'm going to work in 12 to 14 hour days right minimal sleep because it's non-union so you're going to have this you're not going to have the union you know they need an eight hour turn you're going to going to get home at two o'clock you're going to want me on set by eight like i got to drive here and Oh, we get pizza. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But hey, we're gonna feed you. You're like, great. Right. You know, <laughs> so, so at some point in time, you have to put your foot down and be like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And and let them get upset with you. It's fine because if you, you know, one of my acting coaches, he always says, stick to your truths. And when you stick to your truth, I mean, you can say no to this because you can't do it, or you, or, you know, you're like, no, it's not for me. Something else is going to come along. I believe in the universe. I believe in positive energy brings positive acts, right? So, or positive act, you know, either way, like positivity brings positive. So, you know, you're honest with yourself. No, I can't do that. Like, I, I, I can't. Something else is going to come along. It's better for you in a sense. And, yeah. And then what if you say yes to it and then something better comes along that's paid or whatever? And then you got to go back to the other people and be like, yeah, sorry, this paid option came up. We're halfway so through, but hey, like, yeah, sorry. Right. You don't want to be you don't want to be that actor. Then and then that that's the whole different story of somebody trying to ruin you. Like you don't want to hire this person because they promised me this and yeah, you know they dropped out because they got a paid gig and like right. yeah. most mm -hmm. most would probably be like yeah, I probably would have left too. But I understand they're just honest and and I tell people all the time, you know, it's like if you're gonna do something for free, ask them where where is it gonna go? Like, are they gonna enter it? Are they going to, first of all, are, we, are you going to finish it? Yeah, big yeah. one. <laughs> yes, please. Can I get my footage? And then what are we going to do with it? Like, are you going to try? There's thousands of film festivals around the world. It doesn't have to go to, you know, Berlin or Toronto or, you know, Sundance. Like, but there's so many other smaller ones that you could enter in and, you know, win or get accepted. Like, so, you know, it's like, what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to put all this work in. What are we? What are you going to do with it? Like, are you going to enter into film festivals so it can be seen and you can get notoriety for it and see what's going on? You know, it's like ask them that. It's okay to say, okay, yeah, we plan on entering into this, is that, and this. Okay, I really like the script, short film, two days, three days max. I have nothing to do anyways. 
all right, I'm in. You know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, that's an important question I always tell people to ask too, is what's happening to the film after it's done? Because you, it's crazy how many filmmakers you meet that they're like, oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And you're like, yeah. what What are you making the film for if nobody's going to see it? I'm like, right. <laughs> you know? Did you finish it? It's been a year. Oh, I got busy. Or at least you have my rough footage. Yeah. At least give me something to look at and show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's like I, I hear that all the time. And, and, and there's like little contracts. Like I, I have friends who so I send them contracts. Um, and there's a uh, contract about that that, you know, hey, I'm doing this for free, but you have to sign this. It states basically that this will be finished. You will give me my footage. You both will sign it. You both have a copy. Like, hold them accountable, you know? That's good. So you do that. So you have a contract pretty much on your projects and say, look, even though I'm doing this for free, this is what I expect to get out the end of it. Right. And then you hold them to that. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. And they don't sign. they don't want to sign it, something's wrong. Like, yeah. Hey, well, I don't know if I want to sign this. So, so if you don't think you're going to finish it? Like, I can't get my footage. I see so many people fighting for footage constantly off of free projects. Like, yo, I'm emailing this person over and over and over and over again, and they're not emailing back. I just want my footage, and it's like, geez, like, I've been there before years ago. Like, no, like it sucks. You're trying to build your first reel, and no, and they don't answer. They don't pick up the phone anymore. It's like, how do I? That contract holds them accountable. Like. No one's going to take on a small claims court. Well, somebody might. Like, yeah, you never know, but yeah. <laughs> Judge Judy in them, right? So, you know, it just holds them accountable. Like, I just signed a contract. When somebody signs a contract in their head, it's just like, ah, okay, so I have to do this. Yeah. Do you ever feel the need to get your agent involved? Or I'm, I'm guessing you never, like, had that situation, but let's say uh, something that you are doing, maybe kind of to help somebody out or for free you get your agent involved in those projects or is it only the ones that come through the agencies? Only the ones that come through them. I kind of, the independent ones, I kind of solely, I deal with them myself. Yeah. I think I know enough through my dad and his mentors and his partners that I kind of learned the back side of the business, the business side of acting business. So I definitely know how to talk to them and like, Hey man, like where's the contracts, where's the talent release forms. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, I slipped up recently with that uh, last October, November on, on a project, which, slipped up on it which i was kind of upset myself about it but you know like yeah I, i'm like yo if there's no contract and no one should work and I'm, a, I'm i'll speak for all actors on set if there's t- no talent release forms everybody stop because yeah. you know because yeah, like, well, they can't do anything with that film without those because if one person could basically be like no you can't do anything with that film because i never signed a, a talent release shuts form it down. shuts the whole thing down and i've heard of that happening to people actually right and so like it's not in they're like, well, that's my, like, no, no, you understand. It's not just to save the actors. It's also to save you as the director. Mm-hmm. Like, it's to save you, right? Because now you could say, like, I don't want you to put that out. Yeah, but you signed it. Yeah. You, you signed the contract, the release form, and the volunteer form, or this amount of pay, like, and you got paid. Like, you signed all this, so I can release it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have you don't have the headaches now with you know with that situation oh yeah yeah I've, I've heard of that happening too and because i mean imagine if as an actor you don't sign a release form you go you do the film and you don't like it for whatever reason yeah and then they're coming back to you six months a year later like oh yeah we didn't get this from you, you can sign it so we can submit it to such and such festival that requires copies of all our release forms oh. like, no sorry don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. I, saw it, I saw it bro uh, yeah i'm like i you portrayed my character yeah no, I don't like- or even worse, like, okay, I'll sign it, but I need a little extra cash now. Like, how desperately do you want my signature? Right. Now I want now I want pay. Like it looked great. This is gonna be something. 
ah, on my day right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've no actors have done that. I've read stories of actors doing stuff like that. And it's like contracts up front saves everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you on that one. Okay. So uh, how do you keep uh, training? Like uh, you've kind of been doing it for six years. You mentioned you studied a bit. Like what are you doing to keep the skills up? Um, so I do have a, a constant acting course I go to for scene study class. And um, there's another lady I, I went, I used to go to. Um, funny thing about her, she's amazing. So I, her training wise was body language, learning emotions through chakra points, like how to get in that character. Um, Sorry, through chakra points? Yeah, yeah. It sounds weird, bro. It sounds Yeah, I've cool. never heard of this. Yeah. So, but, so like the way she explained it to me, and there's actually acting books on it. I, I actually found one a uh, mm. while ago. And it's like learning like your emotions breathe through chakra points. So each emotion breathes different. Like, for example, like my anger, I breathe through my hips. And then like my nervousness, it's like kind of my chest. Like love is like, you know, it really feels like I'm breathing from my heart. Like, like, you, like it's just, you had her out to say, reading it. Like at first, when she explained, she's like, She's like, yo, I'm going to teach you this. So, because I'm not a person who likes to stay in character. Like, I'm just not a method person. I don't want to, I don't, I'm a serial killer. I don't want to be a serial killer. <laughs> I want to be on set, like, during, like, between scenes, just stay in a serial killer, right? So, and she knows that. I like negative emotions. So, she taught me this way of shocker points. And it sounds weird, and I explain it to people, but it's, you really know where your emotions breathe from when you, mm. when you get into it. And, and it helps you get in and out of, you know, that emotion. And once you get a hold of it, it's kind of a natural, it's just like a click, like, okay, my character is feeling this way. And it, your body just reacts to you being that character in that moment. Like you don't, you end up, it, I guess, talk about the universe, you end up being one with it, like in a sense, like you automatically just, I know it sounds weird. You look at me. Well, I know like, I am, but I'm, it's not that I'm looking at you like this is crazy. I'm looking at you with my, I'm trying to understand how yeah. it works. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's my that's my expression. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, ancient Chinese, you know, you know, you know, you know, your body does have chakra points, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You just it's just learning your emotions come from here, and everybody's emotions don't so, come. From so I guess, like, are you trying to then focus in on that chakra point in order to yeah. get the emotion? So you so you mentioned, let's say, your anger comes from your back. Are you then focused on your back in some way to build that anger up mentally, in a sense, in your body language? So we used to do it. She used to have this big mirror studio so we would practice like for like each session starting session with you know vowels like where each vowel comes from in my from my mouth like i know where each one comes from so i can pronounce my words or and i can yet i can project my voice without yelling because of that um and so she's like okay so we're gonna practice love today we're gonna go through every chakra point every emotion and i would watch myself saying the same phrase and you know 12 different emotions in a sense and I would watch my body change. From so you're, so you, sorry. So you're saying the phrase, focused on that chakra point, right. and then seeing how how it changes while you're saying that focus on that chakra. Exactly. Point. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is real. <laughs> and then you you get used to it, and it just becomes automatic. And are the chakra points different for different people? Um, so do you have to find your own or? Yeah, yeah. Since, I mean, I think the same chakra points, but I think everybody, I mean, because my anger is different than your anger. Mm-hmm. You know? So my love is different than your love. My nervous is different than your nervous. So in, in a sense, like they are different for, for each of us. Hmm. That's fascinating. No, I think it's fascinating. Everybody always looks at me and is like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> not real. I'm like, trust me. I've worked with you. You've seen me. They're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're really good. Like, yeah, because of that. Yeah, so that's one. That's one 
part of training that I, that I, I always keep. Well, it's fascinating about training too, is it's all about finding what works for you. So, you know, this might work for you, but might not be for somebody else versus you mentioned method. You know, some people have to be method in order to, you know, to, to do the, to do the character um, or any other thing. So, uh, so it's, uh, so it's interesting how people find whatever it is that works for them. So yeah. Cool. Exactly. And, and so with that, like, I'm always reading scripts, uh, I'm always watching like new shows. I'm like on a porn show kick right now. Um, just to see, I'm the person who watches the show and it's like, who is this actor? How can we make a cast? I'm, I'll IMD every actor in that series, right? Just to see where they came from, where they started from um, and how they got there. What was their journey like? You know, like just to see like, okay, uh, I can do that. You know, instead of just saying, I'm not a hater, I root for everybody. But it's like, okay, have a big show, but not that big. Where are they come? Or they're amazing. Who are they? Like, how come they're not bigger than this? Like, yeah. You know? And so I'm always looking up. I'm always like, in my head, it's research. Like, I watch shows a different way. It's a research thing. I mean, I enjoy them, but it's also like, oh, that's a good, that's a cool. How they, they really got into character. Oh, wait, they're playing bipolar. They're amazing. They're playing autistic. Oh my God. They, you know, it's just things I look at that way. So that to me is a part of training also with, I do a lot of monologues, solo monologues. Just, just I'll record myself. And just watch it, do it again, just watch it, do it again, just watch it, trying to figure out like my own body language. Like, okay, let's change that up. Let's let's be more, let's make this, let's make this terrible, let's make this dramatic monologue a comedy real quick. Let's see how it looks, you know, see how it feels, you know, kind of mess around with it, especially in this time, you know, with everything going on right now, there's ways that we have to do. I mean, there are online acting coaches and um, I have done a few of those uh, classes, just, you know, to stay you know hey let's let's get some going you know but also you know there's also things i feel actors as ourselves that we can do to keep ourselves you know kind of kind of oiled oil you know a well-oiled machine it's kind of constantly doing things to stay in that brain to where like when things do get back which things are opening back up now it's like oh we're ready for this audition yeah that's good uh yeah i like the monologue thing of just doing the monologues and trying it different ways recording yourself and playing with it that's good uh have you been now that things are kind of starting to open up uh, are you getting any more uh, auditions or calls yeah from yeah so I, i've been getting auditions even since so i've done some stuff from home i've done some commercials from home i booked some uh paid, paid gigs you know it's tough i respect every crew member because being a director the gaffer the grip the sound i mean it's tough doing everything man uh i mean i've always respected the crew but like having to do it from home yourself finding the right room it's just like uh this is terrible when no one else is doing it for you. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, I've gotten, I've been getting a lot of auditions um, throughout that's in the last, I mean, pretty much the whole time since sporadic, but in the last two weeks since LA opened up, like they're just been coming in. I'm getting uh, like this week I've done six. Wow. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So and I have one more to do tomorrow. Actually. Um, I, actually I actually just did one. I just recorded one right before I got on with you. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, they're coming, they're coming and it's enjoyable. I feel like that's an actor's job is to audition and the bonus is getting a job. Yeah. You know? Well, that's it. Uh, uh, another girl I talked to, uh, for this podcast, she kind of said that say almost that same thing. She's like, your job as an actor is to audition. <laughs> you know, and then like, you know, whatever happens after the audition happens, but like you need to focus on that audition, you know? Yeah. And, and the weird thing about auditioning, like, and I talked to a lot, of, a lot of, I'm 
great actors, you know, through my dad and other friends I've, I've met and worked with a lot of great actors over the years. And it's like some of your some people are just audition isn't their thing. It's not, it's not a lot of actors' things, you know. But it's like, but if I get on set, I get the role. I'm, I'm gonna kill it. If I just give me a chance. I'm gonna audition. Might not have been the the greatest, but just give me a chance. Like if I get the role. Trust me on this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard to say as an actor, but I hear a lot of actors say that, and, and it's a real thing. It's like, well, because I think the nervousness and the anxiousness is gone. It's like, oh, I got it. Oh, I'm good. You know, but like to get it, it's like, uh, uh, Slate, uh, my name is, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yep. uh, you know, but so like, how can, and, and I still struggle with auditioning. I think every actor pretty much does. And, yeah, I mean, because you're nervous. I mean, you you want it. And, yeah. Right. And I think something that, you know, one of, one of the truest things that happened, I think when Octavia Spencer won her Oscar years ago, a few years ago, they're like, what do you, she's like, oh, the best thing about it is I got this, I got this Oscar. I never have to audition again. <laughs> like, it was like, ah, oh, she's right. Like, she has an Oscar now. She really doesn't anymore. It's like, hey, here's a hundred scripts. Read through them and see which one you want. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to make it in the business? So I don't have to audition anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> can't be roles, you know? But also I think there's a beauty in auditioning and being the one that gets it. Like if it's a co-star or a, a, a day player, or if you get the lead or whatever role it is, like I think there's a, there's just a, I mean, I'm competitive, you know, I, I think there's just a, there's just a feeling like, I don't, I don't know. It could have just been two of us that auditioned for this role. But the fact is, I beat out one or multiple people. For some reason, I beat out X amount of people for this role. They picked me. You know, it's just a satisfaction and for me personally out of that. Yeah, no, totally. Totally agree with you. Uh, how do you then deal with uh, the rejection of not getting the part? Um, I'm easygoing. So like, as soon as I'm done with my audition, I tear up my sides and walk out. It's out of my hands. Like, if I don't get an email or a call from my agent, or if it's independent, if I don't get anything from them, I already moved on to X amount of auditions that I've got in that I'm doing. If, if the audition's live or if, it's, if I get it, oh, okay, cool. I got it. All right, cool. Let's look at a contract. Let's look at what are we doing with this? Like, where are we going? With this? What are the shoot dates? Like, you know? So I learned over the years, like, dude, when you're done, you're done. I, I can't dwell on it. I mean, there's roles that have, there's roles that I feel like I've nailed the audition. Like, there's no way. There's roles that I walked in and the director has told me how amazing I was and loved my look and thought my audition was great. No phone call. <laughs> the right? best. Yeah. I mean, right? You're brilliant. Right? I love it. And then yeah. nothing. Right. Nothing, right? You just lied. You know, and I believe him. Just somebody else came along that might have fit the co-star, you know, whatever, you know? Um, and there's auditions where I walk out. I'm like, I know I did. There's no way. There's no way they're gonna. Hey, so they want to book you for the role. They loved you. Oh, oh, okay. I, oh, I already chalked it up as a loss. Like you know. Um. So yeah, I just deal with it as it comes. It's like, hey, you don't get, you don't get it. You get it, you get it. It's gotta, you gotta keep moving. Don't let one. You know, you're. I feel like you're gonna get more no's and yes. No one, no one bats, no one bats a thousand. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just the way the business works. You know. Just keep it's, it's keep grinding, keep going, because every actor is, is one role away from being that actor. Yeah, well, and especially nowadays, because there's so much more opportunity than there used to be too, with so many streaming platforms and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you can make your own projects. Yeah, like I'm I'm helping produce a project with a few friends right now, and dude, like we we can make our own 
projects and then we could pitch a finished project to like you said there's so many platforms now mm-hmm. and if you just need one to pick it up and promote it then you're good yep yeah great what uh give me some unusual something unusual from the special skills section of your resume i think i'm pretty normal i don't yeah. i don't have like one thing one thing i could tell you like what i don't have okay is accents like <laughs> like even though i lived overseas for 14 years i never was a kid who practiced accents i'm like i can't do a british accent and you didn't just naturally pick it up by living no was, well well for the most part, we traveled a lot but we also were on American, you know, them American faces with Americans. Yeah. So 90, 95% of the time, I'm around Americans, you know, in Europe and Asia. I mean, we would go out and travel, but everybody speaks English. So it's like, and we learned the language, but, you know, and, and then, you know, like I did a table read uh, a few weeks ago and I had to play this Italian guy. And I was like, yo, you guys really want to do this Italian accent? Yo, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I know it was terrible. It worked, I mean, worked for the script. But I was like, yo. I know it was terrible. Like, trust me, I'm not, until this day, I'm still not that person, which is something I've, I've been working on. So watching foreign shows, I've watched a few shows from England and I've been like mimicking their actions, trying to work on it in a sense. And I have a friend from England that I, I talk to all the time. It's like, I just, gotta, I just gotta mimic it, you know? And yeah, but that's one thing I don't have. And people are like, yo, my agent was like, yo, can you do a Jamaican accent? Like, ah, he's like, can you do a, British accent. No. I was like, but I could do American accents. I could do a West Coast accent. I could do a LA accent. I could do a New York accent. I could do a, a Southern accent. Anything American, I got it. Anything foreign, whew, gotta work on that. Yeah, yeah I, I get uh, I get uh, auditions here and they're like, how's your British accent? And I'm like, it's awful. Like, yeah. If, if you're looking for a guy, somebody to play an American, right. that I can do. <laughs> Instead of hiring a British guy to play an American, how would you just hire me? Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, cool. All right. Last question. How can people track you down if they need to find you? Oh, man. So they can track me down on social media, um, Facebook, Paul Anthony Sonier Jr., um, Twitter, who is Paul Jr., Instagram, um, at Paul Anthony Sonier Jr., <laughs> um, IMDb, of course, <laughs> Paul Anthony Sonier Jr. All right. uh, everything's my name. Everything's my name. A person told me a long time ago as an actor, don't have, use your name. People want to find you, use your name. They will Google you and you'll pop up. So, so would they look at you but as uh, Paul, Paul Anthony Sonia Jr. or Paul Sonia? Like, what do you generally go by? I, I go by Paul Anthony Sonia Jr. because my dad's Paul Sonia. So they type, oh, okay. I mean, if you type in Paul Sonia, I think I still pop up on Google, like as the top person. But uh, if you type in Paul Anthony Sonia, like I'm automatic first few pages that pops that's up. the way to find it okay right yeah that, that's the best way to find it because paul sonny is my dad and you might get his military bio you're like just not they, i thought he was age range was like 21 or you know 30 he looks a little bit older than that seems a bit older yeah he doesn't look like his headshot right here you know <laughs> so yeah that's the best way to track me cool well thanks a lot paul for being on the show uh, i appreciate it that was a great conversation I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks. Great.